my main goal is to just inspire and motivate um, current entrepreneurs, future entrepreneurs, or you know, future leaders. You know, those of us that are in the African diaspora, those of us that are you know in the African to- uh, continent, you know, so on and so forth. Um, all right, so my first question is. What would you do without getting anything in return for it, such as money? So if there, if there was no money involved, what is something you would do without, you know, needing any um, uh, compensation for it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually, I think, you know, so the question is actually like, on the other way around, the reason why I say that is because we have not been experienced, at least for me, um, I'm not been experienced um, in the profession. Um, okay. So from this book, uh, you know, what the seed funding, the seed funding was an award from my undergraduate university, the University of Pennsylvania, it was uh, 150K, um, 100K, was supposed to purely go towards, you know, the implementation, and then there was a 50K side then. Okay. 50K, 50K which I confirm, and it's taxable to pay as it. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but even that, we got to the ground, and I found myself, you know, with uh, my own personal money, so that's why I was even back into getting things off the ground. And then, I think one thing I told them, they don't, Three years of that, you're not gonna get any more. It's purely like sacrificial income. Oh, I see. The reward came from just knowing that you know we had this idea sitting in our mind. This was a good opportunity to get it out there, potentially see what could be. Um, so yeah, I mean, there hasn't been any financial reward. I'm right now back in school. Okay. So I've been back in school since last year. Um, Okay. Joy, the, the reward is knowing, is knowing that we have a human 
advantage to create impact in some way, shape, or form. And for me, as a young Christian, you know, I'm always humbled by the fact that for the people in the world, like God will come to me. Wow. Be able to, you know, be a little part of this. Uh, and by that, come up with, you know, the whole idea and all of that. It's something that probably is more important to me than uh, a physical compensation is. Financial compensation, if there was any. Um, yeah, then the other part is just also the fact that you know we're not we're not at the point yet where we have so much fun that you know we pay a CEO who is not directly involved in operations. Mm, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's a big you know sacrifice to make, but. I mean, if if it's in your heart and, you know, it's in your soul, you know, it's meant to be. That's kind of how I see it. Because otherwise, there's no there's no point or reason to be doing this if, you know, you're not going to get anything out of it. But nonetheless, you know, you still see a reward, a benefit. And that's, you know, the best part. Um. All right, so you know, on a personal level, what gives you tremendous joy in life? Uh, yeah, on a personal level, I mean, it's, it's crazy because I think over the past, it's my own metamorphosis as a human and as a person is what I'm grateful for to have gained through this experience of you know. Uh, leaving the organization, getting it up and and all of that. Um, and, you know, the biggest lesson probably is me learning that leadership is an inside thing, right? It's not, it's not, it's not an external thing. It's, it's an inside job. Yeah, very it's, true. We, we, we attract who we are. Yeah. So what I mean is that you're going to be surrounded by great people to work with if you yourself are great. If mm. you're an a-hole, if you're a terrible person, you're going to struggle to find people to work with. Yeah. And I stand over and all of that. And so, in the early years of my leadership experience, that was very tough, you know, we kept, because I was fresh off, the, fresh off college, uh-huh. like what, 21, so naive. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we, we just live we in a world that I thought we should receive it. We're supposed to, the world says we should market ourselves and talk about what we do, who we've met, and all of that things on social media make a lot of noise. That's pretty much our generation. Yeah. And, you know, 21, coming out of college, being in the U.S., that's more like it. But going through the experiences, I mean, I, 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 I realized, is this really it? No. So, I, I came to a place where I did develop my own principles, things I believe in, especially over the past year and a half, what I believe should guide me. If I'm able to lead myself, I mean, I'm not worthy to lead people. Mm, so good point. That, that has been the personal joy, you know. In truth, through this, a lot of mistakes, failures mm. um, that we've made in this journey, the, the humility to come to a place where we're like, no, there has to be more. And yeah. learning and sitting and coming to my own you know, code of principles, you know, my code of principles around silence, around solitude, around spirituality, being closer to God, and 
know, just being, because I, I feel like those key things and principles make you a better leader. You know, if you're silent, you're always more, almost always chatting with God and, and then also you have a heart for service. Mm. And then you are willing to always go the extra mile naturally, you know. You don't want to take credit. Yeah. You also tend to listen to others. Yeah. So, that has been the best now. I think that's the most, and I'm grateful, you know. I'm grateful that I've had this personal satisfaction because I imagine that it's something that besides even organizational leadership or the people that you work with, in my own personal life, what kind of father you're, 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 you're a father, so you know this. What yeah. kind of father do I want to be, right? Yeah. Who you are is who your next kin and the people around you also copy. So yes, very true, very true. Um, so that, that has been the personal satisfaction from doing this. Um, the other piece is also just knowing that, um, you know, I grew up in that community. I grew up, like what we do is not something I read. Like I lived it. Mm. So mm. just having the opportunity, you know, you grow up in a community without running water, electricity, and you know, you, you wake up, you walk several distances, like two hours. I was a kid from the nearest, from my, my community to where the nearest school was. You know, sometimes my dad would have to carry me across the river. Just through these difficult experiences mm. and being able to now be in a position where what you grew up with that you didn't like, you get to play a part in changing that for the next generation and you get to really get people listening and seeing Coco Farmers in a very different light. Yeah. So my friends are Coco Farmers, right? That's what yeah. I grew up with. But my job and my life could everything revolved around Coco. So, that's extremely rewarding, you know, it's something I don't take for granted. And and I'm just grateful, you know, for our team members who wake up every day. I always tell people that the work that we do in Ghana <laughs> and the kind the kind of the, and the kind of conditions that we work within, uh, money, not even a million dollars, would not be enough to convince someone to live in those conditions. No. It's just really yeah. passion. And so yeah. I do a lot of Passion and inspiration from our team members. They they really inspire me. Wow, um, that's great. People from all over the world working in those conditions just to make things happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So my next question is, uh, what is something you would do every day if you could, or something you can't survive without doing every day? Or 
something, some parts of it just to be on my knees and pray. Um, wow. Read Bible. And then at night before I go to bed. Those three things are very important to me. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, I feel that as a leader, if you are not shacking with God, it's, it's always important to me that I will feel the presence of God around. And I can, and, it, it, and it's been amazing, you know. When I turn that and I focus as a leader on being close to Him, wow. He takes care of the rest. That's awesome. The rest that takes care of. Yeah, I think that sometimes we tend to, and, and this is coming from someone who previously, when I started out in my journey, if you had asked me this question, let's say, in 2016, or maybe 2017, I would have told you, oh, I can't go without waking up and reading self-help books, or motivational books, or Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or this, all that stuff is not necessary, you know? I mean, you know, yeah. yeah, to me, it's like, it's, it's the evolution of man, that's what it sounds like, like, we evolve as time progresses, and, you know, we make changes and adjustments to ourselves. And even the the fact that you said prayer right now, it reminds me of when I was driving this morning, I saw a sign that said, that said always say a prayer, A-S-A-P. You know how we say ASAP as soon as possible? The, the initials A-S-A-P. So I think that it was a signboard that says always say a prayer, A-S-A-P. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's the new ASAP. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I saw, I saw it today, and it, it hit me. It was, it was pretty powerful to see that. Um, no, yeah, I we, <laughs> we worry about so many things. I think that the the next generation of. Uh, my, and this is my constant prayer every day that, you know, God continues to call people, especially in our generation, who have a heart for Him. But if you do, the rest is taken care of. And the amazing thing I realize is that it's usually two things. If God calls you, if He really called you to do something, people will notice it. Like, I. Mm. We always sense it, at least I always sense it. When I started, I thought, oh, you know, I was very arrogant. I thought, oh, yeah, you know, I went to an Ivy school. And then we had this knowledge. And then, you know, we had this cool idea. And then we got, and then we got this award and we do it. And we did it. And then the, the interesting thing here is that all that time God was watching. Mm, my stubborn self and all of that. Because for him, he didn't really give a care about me. That's why you have a lot of people who are horrible people. But then they are leaving amazing things, and the things they do continue to try. Hmm. Why? Because because God doesn't care about them. He cares about the impact that He is making. I but then see. at the second point, when God has achieved the level of impact that He He wants, just like you know in the Bible, at the second second point in time, God got tired of Saul, and then He wants to replace him with David. <laughs> yeah. At certain point, if you're a leader, God feels like listen, man. I've had enough. Your heart has been calling you. I've been harping on you. You don't want to change. You know what? I'm going to get someone in the picture. And he will bring you. It's either he pushes you to the side, brings, you, brings someone in the, someone new. Or if you are blessed and you're fortunate, like I think happened to me, he will bring you to the end of yourself. And then he will start pursuing you like crazy. That was me. 
Wow. So that's very wake interesting. Up in the middle of the night, wake up all sweaty, and I'll understand why. Like, you know, and I'll have weird dreams, and I'll call home the next day, they'll be verified. And in all those days, I would tell people, on the day I got to know, I got to know that I have been named to Forbes 30 and the 30. It was like, okay, great news. But then that was the same day that a lot of really horrible things were happening in my family back home. Like, the most depressed in my life ever. So, you know, it's not all about all of that. But then, ever since, you know, we surrounded and we focused on what's really important. Yeah, very true. It's been an amazing life. I can't, I cannot, yeah, Mm. cannot uh, emphasize how much focusing on, you know, the important things are. And when you, when, at least for me, when you focus on prayer and building a relationship with God, the rest get taken care of. Yeah, so I think. Tries. Yeah. Coco 360 has a phenomenal app. If you look at our trajectory, there was ever a graph. <laughs> ever since I got in the right place, everything just started pulling up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I think. Yeah. The point that you made about the relationship, that relationship is is very necessary. And even regardless of religion or spirituality, just even relationship that we have with the next human being um, could take us to places that we've never been before. Through that, you, you know, you can explore and discover yourself, learn some things and advance as a, you know advance as a human being as well as help to, to help uh advance society as well with your input your impact so that the relationship is is very valuable um on, on, on so many different levels yeah um yeah so my next question is what is your strong reason behind the passion that you have Yeah. You know, and and Kuku Farmer is poverty is such a big thing. I saw it in my own family. 
who is so poor like you know my dad has to make the financial decision to keep my brother's eyes but I'm quite older sister like because he doesn't have money and he has to he has to apportion according to where he'll get the biggest bank for the back <laughs> and I see and when whenever even I remember when I was a kid and I had to be Makes sense. Rural health systems that are very strong. 
That's great. Yeah, so my next question is, um, what is your special gift or talent that people compliment you about? Uh, I think a lot of people would say I'm an, I'm an actual communicator. Um, <laughs> a lot of people think, yeah. Um, I'm, pretty good at, I'm pretty good at, you know, if you get in front of a room full of people, pitching, convincing people. Uh-huh. I see. <laughs> um, and I'm always grateful for, to God for that, because I imagine if you didn't give me that skill, I don't know how to, we'd have been able to raise all these funds all these years. So it's from the sound of it, you have you have uh, exceptional communication skills. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, what is one weakness and one strength that you have on a personal level? Once you acknowledge the 
when you have something that well it helps you to deal with it. Yeah. 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 And then the other challenge I used to have that you know I'm doing I'm working very hard to get to work on is not micromanaging, right? Mm-hmm. Um again that's also a perfectionist dependency. <laughs> yeah. Um, perfectionist you want to make sure that things are done to the T and you're always in charge and when people are doing things you're worried, you want to be in control. Yeah. But again, as I've learned through my own Christian journey, just surrender, right? Surrender it to God. Mm. I think for professionals, that, that has really been... That's why I always have on prayer, because prayer for me, instead of me calling the other person to be like, can you do this, do this, do that? No. I'm going to go into your corner and be like, God, can you do this? Can you do this? Yeah, happy wow. this. <laughs> wow. Um, so, those are very... Those are weaknesses, and they're very, very jarring. You can cause a lot of problems for people you work with. Yeah. Nobody true. likes to be micromanaged. Nobody likes to be told what to do. <laughs> yep. And nobody, yep. even myself, as hypocritical as it sounds, even myself, I hate, I don't like what people tell me what to do. <laughs> so when I learned that that's what I was doing, it really hurt me. You know, yeah. I was doing that to people. Uh, that was a weakness. Um, yeah, what was the other question? Those are my two weaknesses. I forgot the other part. Oh, the other part is, uh, what is one strength that you have? time will come we'll see our demise yeah yeah um so my next question is uh what is one future goal or upcoming goal that you have right now Uh, uh, in the 
hands on, you know, just learn all the skills that is needed to be able to implement, um, to be able to implement and lead our organization's research arm. You know, the work okay. we do, the work we do, like you mentioned earlier, in, 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 in some ways risky and it's all right because nobody has done it yet. Yeah. And, and the business model and all of that comes with so many challenges that come with the current. And so, I, last year, you know, when I was finishing up my master's of pen, I said, God, you know, how do we ensure that we have, while I'm here, how can I help continue to help the team? Mm-hmm. And it became clear that one way that we can help is making sure, you know, the, the work that we are doing, we are doing rigorous monitoring and evaluation. Okay. Right? And so, then I, you know, by God's grace, I ended up getting to you. So I'm here learning the skills, the research skills, design, everything. Wow. And nice. our next goal will be by the end of this year, hopefully, to, you know, for, solidify the research division in the organization where we have, you know, we have a research assistant, we have a research manager on the ground, and every single data from the school, from the hospital, from the farm, we're consistently asking, how can we improve? How can we improve? Until we get to the point where we have a revenue generating arm that's 100% mm. meets, meets uh, the operational needs of both the school and the health facility. Um, and obviously to get that, while ambitious, will take a lot of, you know, we've been on our feet in terms of like, you know, asking the big questions, the most difficult questions. Yeah, yeah. That will also include asking questions like, okay, why did XYZ uh, patient show up for post, uh, show up for prenatal care, came here to deliver, but didn't show up for postnatal care? What is preventing them from coming? Mm, so these are very difficult questions. Why aren't we, why did we get 100 bags of cocoa this season, but then last season we got 50 again? Mm. It sounds like a good reference point, you know, through the research, you'll be able to build a lot of information that will be valuable to, you know, Ghana and even, you know, other African countries as well can benefit from that. Yeah. Um, So with those goals or that goal, what is one plan, like one major plan that will help to make the goal possible? Even though I had a really good pull of 
overall, I had a really good pull of, you know, public health programs to choose from. Uh-huh. Uh, I ended up, I chose Yale simply because, of course, besides the fact that it's the one year program, uh-huh. it's also because it's just past fail. Oh, and yeah, yeah. That allowed me to just focus on the, the, the studying part and absorbing as much as I can and not have to be fretting about grades. Um, so that's the plan to, 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 to soak in as much as possible. Nice. And, and to make that happen again, it's also, you know, to build out the research infrastructure. That means um, we'll have to raise some funding here and there uh-huh. um, to boot a research manager on the ground, someone who's really, someone I and the team can work with very closely. You know, someone who'll be designing, who'll be working with me and the team to design surveys, to to recruit research assistants, mm. um, the IRB protocols, and then all of that that we need to set up. It's a whole infrastructure that we need to set up and build out. Um, and also, obviously, creating some partnerships with some local universities. We, we have incredible universities in Ghana um, as a country. Yeah, so yeah, true. Maybe potentially, you know, seeking out support from, you know, folks at the School of Public Health at Kenya or the University of Ghana uh-huh. and seeing how they, you know, they can, yeah. So really, and we we're thinking this out, you know, we, we keep fleshing this out, but it's really having a plot to build out the whole research infrastructure. Mm. We realize that oftentimes when organizations say, we want to do monitoring and evaluation, it's just like something they are like, oh, if we have time, we'll do it. But we want to be intentional about it. Mm, I hear you on that one, yeah. Yeah. See it as a, see it as a separate division within the organization with its own underground manager, mm. <laughs> its own internal team of research assistants, have partnerships to let the School of Public Health. Yeah. You know, one of the things we play around is probably calling it a, a class labs, you know. And wow. <laughs> Interesting. A class A, you know, <laughs> Name, yeah. Maybe, um, maybe a representation of you know the rural health system Yeah, man, it's, it's very needed. It's definitely necessary, the research side of things. Um, I think we, we lack in that area back home. Um, and I think there's a lot of reliance from, you know, foreigners or expats to do the research work. But, but you see, for me, the issue is that I always tell people there's a there's a cultural disconnect when the research yep. is being done by you know the foreigners or expats. Nothing against them. Um, I'm sure their intentions are good, but at the end of the day, if you're not familiar with the territory from you know from the cultural lens or the traditional right. lens, um, it has an impact on the way you go about the research. Um, and you might right. you may right. have you know in uh, like implicit bias during that whole process that has you know that can have a negative effect on the outcome. You follow what I'm saying? Yep. So I definitely hear you on that. Um, yeah. So my next question is, 
Do you believe in accountability? Yes, very huge. Accountability is like, I mean, it's one of the biggest reasons why, you know, I when I look at our organization, now you LES, we struggle, we didn't have an active board in place. Why? Because I wasn't accountable to anybody. <laughs> yeah, like you know, the, when I remember when we were bringing on the executive director, they did everything. Like, the team, they brought them on the call, they equipped them with questions, and our team on the ground, you know, every every month they're supposed to submit reports, and yeah, so accountability is very, very key. Without this, you know, even the sense of us, we begin to to rest on our own. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, I, I feel like besides the people that you serve, of course, you're, they are your key folks that you're accountable to. You need someone who sits on top of you, whether you're a coach or mentor, and calls you out. They know you, you're supposed to mm-hmm. do this, do that, do this, do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, for me, especially, I know that ever since we had an action board, it, it influenced my own personal because they are hard on me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of pressure on you but that's what that's what you know that's what we need you know the accountability those that will you know oversee and make sure that the job gets done and it doesn't you know it doesn't matter who it is like we all have to you know do our fair share and so we have to be responsible for our actions and and our inactions too you know yeah it's very important um I so yeah, so my last question is, um, how will you assess your progress that you've made so far in life, or at least that you've made in the past um, five years or so? How do you assess the progress? Yeah, I think, you know, so we started, uh, we got to down on the ground in 2015, we spent almost about a year. Mm. Uh, building the key relationships with the community, um, and I keep saying we. So, so when I while I won the award and you know I'm the founder, I came up with the idea. I was very blessed to have a team of we're five we're five guys, uh-huh. um, all young Kenyans who were my classmates. Ten, one guy Isaac who went to Swarthmore, who were roommates. Okay. You know, they decided to put Britain in their lives on hold for one whole year to help, to help get this off the ground. Um, while they we come from different backgrounds, because, you know, they went to, you were in a crowd, they went to international, international schools. Okay. And, and I, we were from totally different economic backgrounds. Yeah. Like, we went to a common vision. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, it was hard. Uh, we, we went to England, we were going to start building $250,000 a night. Couldn't do it. 2016, I think around November 2016, we started to the We started active operations in 2017. Um, the school had a set of students start classes in January, I remember. Um, and the health facility started functioning in July, August 2017. Mm. So you could say we've been operating since 2017, and that's about what it will take about two years. Um, and in that time span, you know, if you feel that it's great, I have to remind myself that we are that young. Given <laughs> <laughs> yeah. everything the organization has done and how much it is out there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really mind-blowing what the team has been able to do. And I, I keep giving them the credit because I don't know, I don't think any leader should ever take credit because leaders never do anything mm. other, than, other than guiding with strategy, strategy, yeah, you know, yeah. strategy, yeah, because, and making sure that, you know, people are accountable and they're producing. I would say that a leader's job is to be inspirational and aspirational, right? Um. And, and once you do that, then, the people around you, okay, they are the real MVPs and they are willing to execute. Yeah. So, yeah, what those folks on the ground have done is just phenomenal. You know, um, going from 30 students to it's September, it's September we enroll another 30 set of students when they have 150 students. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so, all on full rides, right? All on full scholarships. Nice. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. And have, you know, we started with just one building. Now there's what? There's, there's a kindergarten block. Wow. There's, a, there's a library. There is mm. there are now five buildings on campus. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> the the habit keeps improving and improving. Yeah, I think, you know, we've, we've made a lot of progress for an organization that just started operation two years ago. Mm. Yeah. And, and we just thank God that it's crazy. That even in such a short time trip, we've won awards that a lot of organizations it could take them a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I know before people get on force, organizations get recognized on force on the 10th, even existed for like minimum 5 to 10 years. Yeah, uh, yeah, very true. In our second year of operation 2018, we got on the list. And wow. that second year, you know, we're honored by the Clinton Foundation. And then these other and all these amazing things and funds and grants that we've been able to get. Mm. And again, it all goes to speak volumes about incredible work that, you know, our, uh, the managers, the staff, all yeah. the way down right to our janitor, right? All the way to the janitor and the security personnel, uh, do day in, day out. Those guys are amazing. And I, I don't say it just because I want to say it. I'm talking about people. Our security guy, his job is just to be a security guy. But then you go and when the campus is weedy, this guy picks up a machine, a car plant, and he's clearing the campus. Wow, wow. And he's not paid for that, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Inspire me. Like, great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, man, the way I see it, it's a team effort. It's a team sport, you know, in order to get... You know, yeah, in order to get these things done, it, it has to be a team. And I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, a lot of people, but, you know, it, it takes at least two to come together and, and be organized and and put together the plans and the goals and, uh, 
implement and execute and get things done. That's what matters at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like you're saying, like, I'll tell people, like, I've been, I've been back in the U.S. full time in school Mm. since August. Okay. Wow. It's over a year. Well, these guys are still killing it. And they're still taking care of business. Yeah. 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 And for me, I I always tell people that I'm grateful for that. As a young leader, that I believe is the biggest thing I've been able to do. To not be there and thought that it does try to say the lot. I mean, I, I, I wish, you know, Coco360 as well as yourself, the team, the best of luck in, in, the, in the future endeavors that you guys are looking to pursue. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, the future looks bright and positive for you guys. And um, I'm thankful that, I, you know, I came across what you guys are doing. Um, and I'm, you know, thankful for the opportunity to you know, have this conversation with you today. Um, it was a pleasure.